If you have your Bibles this morning, if you turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, we're going to look at the story, part of the story of the life of Moses. Let's look together. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took him an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside, And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you to come from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughters said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. For the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. The story of uh, Moses' early life is one of the most interesting and fascinating stories really in the whole world. It is an amazing story that God is just full of the whole story. There's a great anxiety related, of course, to his birth. Uh, Pharaoh had sent out a decree across the land that all the male babies should be killed. And we don't know the exact number, but I'm sure there were thousands and thousands of babies that were killed. Uh, This sentence of death hanging over him uh, was a really scary thing for his mother. Uh, Think what she was thinking. Uh, She was thinking, can I ever get this child through this terrible time in the life of our country? This decree was that every male uh, baby in the land should be killed. Moses' mother was a slave. She split her time working between making bricks in the brickyard and working out in the open field where it was so hot and and dirty. That's the way she divided her time. But God was on her side in the battle to save the life of her son. Like most mothers who work hand-in-hand with God, Her child was in the end spared. The child was saved and used gloriously for God. Every day before going to work, this mother had to find a hiding place for this new baby. For three months, she had the growing baby put in different places. She would try and hide the baby here, hide the baby there, so that no one would tell and the soldiers would come and kill the baby. Then as the baby grew, a more secure place had to be found. The little uh, cubbyhole places uh, weren't going to do. 
A plan, I believe, that they settled on must have been formulated in heaven. God was as interested in this little baby as was the mother. It's that way today, here in America, here in our homes, across this land. God loves your child, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, just as much as you do. It's obvious that what happened to Moses did not happen by luck or by chance. God had his hand on that baby from the very time of his birth. The mother made a little basket. In our text, we read about the ways that she insulated it from the water. She put the baby in the basket and then took the basket and took it down to the river and put it in uh, in some reeds over there by the shore on the river. Well, I know as that mother walked away from that basket, for the first time she prayed that God would shield and protect her son. She didn't have really any options. She had to do what she did. With an aching heart, with eyes that were filled with tears, she had to leave and go back to the fields to labor. She left the baby in the hands of God. That's really all that she could do. She had prayed, she had worked, she had planned, and then she left her baby, literally, in the hands of God. Not a great uh, period of time passed until Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to take her bath. And when she was down there taking her bath, she noticed a little bit away Uh, a little uh, basket that was floating in among the reeds. And she sent one of her servants over to uh, bring the basket over to her so she could see what was in it. Well, the ark with the little baby in it was discovered in just a few minutes, just as I believe God wanted it to be. That was the plan that God had. As the daughter of Pharaoh looked down on that beautiful baby boy, the heart of that woman was touched. And she knew about the decree to kill all the baby boys. But she thought, this baby is so cute. This baby is so sweet. This little thing is a darling. And I'm going to protect this baby. I don't want to see this baby slaughtered. I want to keep this baby alive. Miriam, the older sister of Moses was close by when the baby was found she wanted to see what was going to happen to the baby and when Miriam saw that Pharaoh's daughter had found this baby held the baby up hugged the baby uh, was kind of playing with the baby a little bit a wonderful idea came to her and really we think of course that this was an idea that God placed in her mind She came up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, Ma'am, would you like for me to go and find one of the Hebrew women that could take care of this baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Well, that would be a wonderful idea. Uh, Why don't you go get her right now? Uh, I want to save this little baby boy. And so Miriam ran as fast as she could and 
found her mother out working in the field and brought her back. When the mother was going to be paid for taking care of her own baby, she just couldn't believe it. She just started crying. She fell down, I think, on her knees. And she thanked God for the wonderful miracle that he had done. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask that mother Moses, how much did you get paid? (laughs) For keeping that little uh, baby and taking care of it. It was a real twist of, of irony in this whole story. Pharaoh was trying to kill all the male babies. And yet he ends up paying for the care of this little boy. Moses was a chosen vessel of the Lord. There's no question about that. Moses did great things, unbelievable things. You know, there are three world religions that go back to Moses. Did you know that? Moses is such an important figure in the world. Well, God wanted this little baby to get the right kind of a start in life, and so the Lord planned it to where this baby would be returned to his mother's arms. There wasn't a teacher or a leader in all of Egypt that God would trust with that baby. So God put the child back in his mother's arms. What this nation needs most is godly mothers. We need that all across our land today. We need for godly grandmothers to stand by ready to serve. We need godly great-grandmothers to be there on the scene, to be ready to help when they are needed. I hate to say this, but we all know that it's true. Sometimes our daughters don't do well. They don't raise the kids well. Well, what's going to happen? Are we just going to let that child, those children, go to hell? Are we just going to stand back and let it go on? Or are we going to interject ourselves into the situation to where we can help, where we can help with that baby, that new child, those other children that their mother is giving uh, no attention to? Someone has said God couldn't be everywhere, so he gave us mothers. That's real bad theology, (laughs) but it's a great thought. There's another saying that does not have any poetry to it, but it likewise is true. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. If every cradle in America were to be rocked by a godly, Christ-loving mother, it would completely change our whole society in just one generation. Just one generation. George W. Truett was the famous pastor of the First Baptist Church in in Dallas, Texas. He was the pastor of that church for over 50 years. He did a great, great job. Built that church under God's direction to be one of the most outstanding churches in the world. A huge, huge, dynamic church. 
George Truett's mother was a very quiet, very plain, very humble woman. She was a woman of prayer. She prayed day and night for her family. She prayed again and again and again and again that her husband would be saved. And in God's timing, her husband was saved. And then she began to pray for her children. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And in God's time, her children, likewise, were saved. Well, Dr. L.R. Scarborough, who was once president of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, that's where I went, uh, he was out uh, preaching a revival. Uh, in one of the churches across America. And that was the church that Mrs. Truett belonged to. Well, in one of the morning services, Dr. Scarborough said, if you would, I want everybody in the room to go and stand by the person that led you to Christ, if they're here today. Well, a whole herd of people got up and they walked over to this lady who was very plainly dressed, very quiet, very unassuming. And Dr. Scarborough looked around at the pastor of that church and said, Who in the world is that lady over there that all those people have gathered around because she has led all of them to Christ? Who is that? And the pastor said, that's George Truett's mother. <laughs> that's who it is. Well, you know what? We need more mothers like that today. In a very unassuming way, in a quiet way, in a way where you're not trying to be on the grandstand, but in a way that is definite with planning, with purpose, where you go out and touch hearts and lives and, and bring children and teenagers to the Lord. That's what we need across our land. The mother of Moses did more for the world than all of the rulers of Egypt put together. To teach a child to love the truth, to hate a lie, to love purity and to hate evil, to cleave to that which is good, and to flee from that which is demeaning, is a tremendous responsibility, and not one to be taken lightly. Unconsciously, mothers set in motion influences that will harm or bless this whole land, our whole country, our whole world. It's serious business. Rearing a child, a grandchild, a great-grandchild, as some are called upon to do. Sometimes there's a grandmother, and something dramatic happens to her daughter. Maybe she dies of some disease or a car wreck or something. And here are these children. There's nobody there to care for them. And so the grandmother or the great-grandmother steps into the gap 
and reaches out and takes those children, brings them home, and loves them and nurtures them in the way of our Savior. Well, uh, it's, it's interesting as we look at our text. As Miriam uh, runs away to find the real baby's mother, mother is going to do all these uh, things. It just worked out so beautifully, just so unbelievably beautifully. Well, the mother of Moses was a godly woman. She loved the Lord with all of her heart. To teach a child to serve the Lord, to grow up in the Lord, to grow up uh, knowing something of God's way for the life, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing that we hope and pray that will happen in every home across our land. When we get to heaven, if God has a hall of fame, we don't know whether he does or not, We will all be surprised at some of the names that will be honored there. Ralph Waldo Emerson's name will not be there. Ernest Hemingway's name will not be there. Marilyn Monroe's name will not be there. George Bernard Shaw's name will not be there. But my friends you will there find the names of thousands and thousands and thousands of godly mothers who stood over that wash tub, who stood at the, chick, at the uh, kitchen sink cooking the food. And while she was doing both of those tasks, she was praying again and again and again for her children, for her family. And because of that kind of an attitude, because of that kind of a situation, these godly mothers, they're going to be in the hall of fame that our Lord will have. Who is it that has spent uh, so much time praying for their children? It's the mothers that have walked with Christ, that know Christ, that have studied the word of God, that have stood up for Jesus in the home. That's who will be there. Some women, like the mother of Moses, who prayed, who worked, who planned, and then turned their child over to God. That's all that we can do. Some would ask, where did Moses get all that faith? He got it from his mother. That's where he got it. He got it from his mother. Where did Moses get the backbone to stand up to the crowd and say, I don't want to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter, because that's not who I am. Where did he get that backbone? From his mother. That's where he got it. Where did Moses get the nerve to turn his back on the sin of Egypt? From his mother. That's where he got it. As surely as Moses was put into his mother's arms by Pharaoh's daughter, so God has put your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren into your arms. And he has given you a charge to rear them, to care for them, to bring them up as best you can in the admonition of the Lord. 
every mother that has been given a child. Maybe the child is not even related to you in a bloodline. Maybe the child lived on your street and you knew the situation. And there was nobody that stood up that interjected themselves into that situation. And so you did. You stepped in. You took a stand. You tried to take that child and to lead them along godly paths. You will find that God will give you the way, the truth, and the life to guide and direct that child. He will bless you as you try and lead that little one. Those of you that have prayed for your children, brought them to church, lived a Christian life in front of them, you know what God is going to say to you one day? Well done. Well done. I tell you, our whole life is going to be worth it. All the work, all the toil, all the pain, all the suffering, all of it. It's going to be worth it when we stand before the Savior and you mothers are going to be told, well done by our Lord and Savior himself. Homemaker is a word that had traditionally pointed to the mother. The mother has not done her job until there's joy in the house, until there's peace in the house, until there is joy in the house until there's a lot a whole lot of love in the house and until most importantly there is Christ in the house a mother who does not know Jesus does not know the secret of homemaking see to it that Christ is the cornerstone of your home and then when your sons and your daughters grow up They will not only be a blessing to you, but they will be a blessing to literally hundreds and hundreds of other people through the years of their lives. I hope today that every mother here will dedicate their homes to God anew and afresh. And I want to say thank you to every godly, wonderful Christian mother here today for the job that you have done, or that for a few of you that you are still doing. You might think, you know, all that work I did, all that sacrifice that I gave, all that time, all of this, all of that, all of that, nobody appreciates it, nobody is thankful for it. I gave my life, and nobody even noticed. Let me assure you, that the exact opposite of that is true. And in the pages of time, your heart and life and soul will be blessed by God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Each and every one of you that are mothers for the wonderful work that you have done. Today, Maybe there's someone in the house that has not come to the point in their life of trusting in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe there's someone in the house today that has been visiting with us for a good period of time, but 
You have not uh, decided just where you want to plant your life and serve the Lord. I hope and pray today that you'll join us and be one with us in family as we would try and serve the Lord together. We have a lot of things that we'd like to accomplish in his name. And you have gifts and abilities that could certainly help all that we're about. We pray that you'd come and join with us and serve with us as we try and get out on the playing field for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn. If the Lord leads you to trust in Christ, to join his church, to rededicate your life, however the Lord would lead, you just slip out, slip down to the front, and take a stand today for Jesus. Let's stand together as we sing.